Hello, everybody, and welcome to Stop the Stigma. I am Kara Fialka, and I will be your host for this two-part series over mental health. Joining me today is a good friend of mine, Macy Maislin. Hi, everyone. I'm happy to be here. I think I can speak for both of us when I say being in college, um, as a college student with anxiety and depression is a very challenging thing to do. Yes, definitely. It makes it even harder than it would be normally. It adds extra stress for no reason, honestly. Um, But during today's episode, we're both going to be sharing our experiences we've had, and we're going to be completely transparent with you because this should not be anything to be ashamed of. And we hope that by us sharing our stories, it will encourage you all to be open with yours and it's okay to not be okay. Um, But before we get into that, I just wanted to share this quote. Mental health is nothing to be ashamed of, but stigma and bias shame, shame us all. Like, why is this still a thing? Why are we still shaming people for mental health? It's crazy. I honestly don't understand it, especially because so many people in the world deal with it and they don't even know they're dealing with it or they don't they're not diagnosed or anything like that. So we all should really be open to the idea of getting help for mental health. Yeah. And it's really just an unseen illness, which sucks because you see someone in the hospital dying of cancer and you can understand that, but you can't always understand mental health. Really, I feel like unless you have experienced it for yourself, you can't really understand what the other person's going through if you're okay. Definitely. Um, I also wanted to read off some of these statistics real quick. So suicide is the second leading cause of death among young adults between 18 and 24. Um, 280 people decide to not go through a suicide attempt for every one person who dies. One in five adults have been diagnosed with a mental illness and 50% of the U.S. will experience a mental health condition in our lifetime. So these facts are huge. And the fact that basically everyone at some point is going to have a mental health condition or experience it, whether it's diagnosed or not, is kind of scary. It really is. It's honestly, in a way, it's not comforting, but it's, it's obvious from that that you're not alone. You know, like when I started off and realized and was diagnosed with depression, I never thought it would be me and usually don't until you actually get a diagnosis but then I did some research and talked to friends and you find out that all these people are struggling with the same things as you and it does make it easier to want to get help and do better I agree with that and it's also crazy to realize like how many of your friends or even family members have some sort of mental illness whether it's depression anxiety bipolar personality disorders anything like that it's crazy that it's still not talked about and not normalized when it's almost an everyday thing right at this point and with depression you just never usually the people who have it don't think they have it and that's what's scary it's everyone else around you will realize it before you first um and I remember when my parents sent me to therapy for the first time we'll get into it in a minute but um, I thought I was fine. I didn't think I needed to go. Um, so Macy, why do you think this age range is so affected by mental illness? Well, for one thing, I think social media plays a huge impact. I've never been a, you know, a fan of being like, oh, social media is bad for your mental health, but it is when you really strip away everything, you know, you're constantly comparing yourself, even when you don't 
realize you're doing it to all these people on Instagram and all these idealistic societal expectations. And also it can, you know, make you less productive and feel unmotivated and lazy. I know, for example, on TikTok, that is that app is addicting. Oh God. <laughs> I spent three and a half hours one night exactly. and was like, Karen, you've gotta get off of here. Yeah, and see just from that, if I'm laying in bed before bedtime and I'm on TikTok, it will cause me to stay up until 1, 2 a.m. And then I don't get sleep. And then I feel super tired the next day, which definitely impacts my mental health. So you're tired and then you're napping throughout the day and that causes you to stay up till all hours of the night again because you took a nap at 5 p.m. from till 9 p.m. when normal people are going to bed. And then you lay there on TikTok and the cycle continues. Exactly. And And eventually that's going to mess up your brain. And how your your ability to function during, like, normal daytime hours. Right. And I don't know about anyone else, but when that happens to me, when I'm unproductive and I'm napping throughout the day, I will be really hard on myself because I'm not getting anything done that I want to get done, but it feels impossible almost. And then, you know, that causes me to be negative and in a negative mindset. And just overall, it really is not good for the mind. But also, I think college which I know Kara was going to talk about right yeah oh yeah college I definitely think um takes a toll on you it's it can be fun don't get me wrong I've had a lot of fun in college but it's also draining it's hard and I'm not lying when I tell you I cry on a regular basis I wish I was joking but that's the reality of it and it's it's hard and it's a lot of work and you just have to push through but definitely dealing with you know trying to figure out yourself and still get the grades you need in school is definitely a challenge and I think that's where um those adults between 18 and 24 really don't see the end of the tunnel they just think like it's never going to get better and this is basically what the rest of their life is going to be like when that's not the case and I know it's hard to push past that sometimes and see past it but you just have to keep in your mind that it's gonna be okay and like this isn't forever uh let's see so struggles of college kids and like what contributes to mental health do you think in college do you think it's like overload of homework do you think it's yeah classes well you know it depends for each situation whether you know you're an athlete and you're or you're super involved in clubs but you also have all this schoolwork. Um, For me personally, I remember my freshman year of college, I wanted to try something different, try a different approach than I did in high school. In high school, I was not involved at all, and I had grades that were just barely passing because I didn't care at all, which then it hit me like a ton of bricks senior year, and I realized, oh, college is a thing, so I should probably get it together. So my freshman year, I wanted to pick myself up, and I wanted to be this completely different person, and I really did that. I had three internships my freshman year I was in paw print which hey shout out to paw print (laughs) and I was also I was also auditioning for Notorious which is Maryville's acapella group so and then I was in full-time classes 18 credit hours and I was thriving for a bit you think you're doing well I definitely think you went balls to the wall I did your first two years and to me burnout was not something I experienced and I felt like this rock star all my professors were congratulating me they were like wow you're doing so well and that continued to push me farther and then I got more and more things to do and then I realized 
wow, I can't handle this. And I got super burnt out starting my sophomore year and I could not do as well as I did my freshman year. And then it made me even more hard on myself because I wanted to be that person that I previously was. And then from there, it just felt like it kept going downhill and I was just really depressed because I just wanted to, you know, be up to the standard that I set for myself my freshman year. So I think not only, you know, outside factors influence, you know, your mental health as um, regarding college, also, you know, the, the workload, how willing your professors are to help you out when you need it. There's a lot of different things that go into it, but also... I think your mindset and how hard you are on yourself is a big factor because if you don't let yourself relax and don't give yourself the time you need to recuperate and get to a better place mentally, it's going to take a huge toll on you as I've learned. Yeah. I was going to say too, I think, you know, you set the bar really high for yourself your freshman year. And I think that when people do that, they forget that, you know, you're getting older, your life's changing, not everything you were doing your freshman year is going to be the same as it is for your senior year. And it's okay to change. And it's okay to, you know, drop some of those things, because you do have to take care of yourself before you can really accomplish anything else. So I think that's huge, too. I also think, you know, making that time like my Sundays are for me to just chill and watch TV. I usually watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Anyone who knows me, hi. Um, I watch that. I'll go shopping. I'll get my nails done. Like I take Sundays for myself. Um, I have my district manager take my calls for work if there's any, just so I can have a day to like get it together and have a fresh start to the week starting on Monday. So I always know I have time to relax on my Sundays. I always make sure my stuff's done. If not, it's usually like one little assignment I can get done in a couple minutes. But I definitely think, you know, taking that time to make sure you're okay and just giving yourself some downtime to relax is huge. I also think not looking at, like, the huge picture. Like, I am always looking at the full calendar for the month. And I've learned that it's taken me almost four and a half years to learn this because I am at my last semester. But... I take it one day at a time, now one week at a time, as opposed to trying to look at the entire month of, oh my God, I have so much stuff to get done. There's so many assignments due. And it's like, Kara, slow down. Like, it's only the 24th or whatever day it is. You don't have to look all through the rest of the semester. So I think that's also a big part too, is like just breaking it down and like, Focusing on that one day instead of, like, the whole semester, the whole month, the whole year, even, I think is huge. Yeah, and that's something I wish I was in the mindset of because for throughout my entire college education, I've been trying to get ahead. And then, Same. you know, and then it keeps catching up to you. And then you're stressed out because you feel like you're behind even though you're not. You're just at a normal pace. So that's something I definitely need to work on. I'm not going to lie and say that. I'm at a good mental place right now. I'm really oh, not. No, me either. <laughs> yeah, and who is? We're in a pandemic. It's the hardest thing. I can't even tell you this transition has taken the biggest toll on me. It, I, thought, I literally have no motivation to do anything. And I'm not kidding when I tell you there are days that getting out of bed to take a shower takes all of my strength. Exactly. And, like, that's 
disgusting to think that that's my mindset but it's like there's just no motivation for me to want to do anything and that's what's like scary is like just making sure you don't fall into that mindset completely once you fall in you get off track and it's the hardest thing ever to get yourself out so hard and it's so draining because then you have a bunch of stuff to work on to get back to being somewhat in a healthy mindset exactly and it can that can also just take a toll on you as well because it's going to add extra stress to you even though you're laying there thinking like oh my gosh I have all this homework I have stuff for work I have internships that I have to get done but I'm just laying in bed staring at my ceiling right and for me personally it's been really hard because I'm working from home too and in last semester at the end of last semester when all of this hit and we were suddenly online I was you know top of the world I was so excited like oh I can stop commuting I can stop driving 30 minutes to Clayton and 20 minutes to Maryville I was great and then this semester I was like cool it's gonna be great again like nothing's gonna change but little did I know like it's it was a completely different mindset for some reason because it wasn't didn't feel so temporary back then I it hit and I was like okay we're just gonna be doing this for a few weeks yeah I was like all right see y'all in the fall like let's go you know like I wasn't thinking that these masks and um plexiglass and social distancing was still gonna be here and basically October right it's insane point the way that the world has transformed so quickly is you know it's almost October and I'm still trying to process March honestly though (laughs) because I think about stuff and I'm like wait that was almost six months ago like me and my friend Brittany would go down to the lake because we could not be around our parents anymore so I have a lake house and me and her would go down there for like a week or like a couple days and just hang out on those nicer days um we wouldn't really go swimming because it was too cold but we'd hang out on the deck we'd go on the boat golf cart all that kind of stuff and to think about like some of those times we're just like how was that six months ago right when it feels like it was maybe two weeks ago it's so weird because this year's been so long but so fast at the same time and I genuinely like I don't know what's going on that's so true it it's all been blurring together like my I decided to dedicate my second bedroom in my apartment to an office and I thought that would help because I could do my work and then leave it in there and then you know go outside and watch tv in my living room but that hasn't helped a lot because still I'm I'm constantly thinking about how stressed I am about oh I need to get this article done for work and I need to do the take these notes for class and turn them in on time and you know, at this point, I feel like I'm just trying to turn things in before 11.59. I'm not even learning. Honestly, same. And I was just actually crying to my dad about that the other day. How I feel like I am doing these assignments that are, like, busy work to me. And I'm not really retaining any of the information. I'm just turning it in because it has to be done. Right. To get by. Exactly. But it's, like, the effort that I'm putting into it is very minimal. Me too. And... I sit there and I'm like, what did I just do? Or like, I have a personal finance class right now. Last night I had my dad come in and I was like, dad, can you help me with these questions? And he's like, aren't you supposed to do them? I was like, that's too much work. I was like, you're just, you would put it in a way that I would understand (laughs) firsthand before me having to look up five different definitions of the same word because I'm dumb. So I was like, dad, help me. And he's like, "Ugh, okay. And like came down the hall and came into my room and helped me. And you know, like, I'm thankful that you know, my dad's a lot smarter with money than I am, so he can help me with these kind of things. But also, I think he kind of understands where I'm coming from. You know, in my last 
semester of college, you know, I'm ready to be done. I'm ready to move on. And I think he feels that energy as well throughout the house, just because it's always something we're talking about. And there's always something that I'm saying about school or Zoom and he knows I'm burnt out. So I think he's trying to do what he can to help me to make sure that I don't fall into a darker hole. Right. I understand that completely. I mean, also, you know, bouncing off that, I think I've been thinking a lot about my future lately. And that gives me so much anxiety. Yeah. And being so uncertain about how the world's going to be, you know, when I graduate in May, but also what my situation is going to be is, gives me so much anxiety I've been so stressed out over it and I've also been really impulsive because I'm like do I need to be doing this This, right now yeah like I'll buy stuff and I'm like why am I buying this when you have nowhere to go but you know like Macy said thinking about the future you know my birthday's coming up on Sunday and every single year it rolls around I'm like oh my god I'm gonna be oh my god 23 now and I'm just like okay you don't have this done you don't have this done you don't have this done like when I was little I thought 23 was old So my, like, five-year-old mindset is still, like, oh, my God, Kara, you're not married. You're not even dating anybody. You don't live on your own. Like, all this stuff. So I end up putting pressure on myself because my five-year-old conscious is telling me you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Right. Um, So I think that also triggers some anxiety. But also, like, people are asking me, like, oh, do you have a job lined up? And I'm, like, if we're being honest, I haven't really been looking because, one – I really like my job now and I love being in a management position at Palm. Um, I've had a lot of fun. I've made a lot of friends in the company and I do really like the business and the culture that I have at Palm Beach Tan and there is opportunity to move up even into something in my field. You know, it would require me to probably move to Dallas, but I'm not exactly opposed to that option. Um, But, you know, I've been fortunate with my job that I have now um to go to school and you know do what I like so I really haven't been looking because there is still opportunity at Palm for me to move up but I just feel weird when people are like oh like are you looking do you have a job lined up and I'm like no I don't like I feel like I'm not doing something I'm supposed to be doing but it's like there's so much uncertainty like are people hiring I don't want to start my first like big kid job at home that's not what I'm trying to do And I also feel like, too, this gives me time to be ultra picky of what I want to do. Macy, as you know, um, I jumped into an internship a couple years ago, and it was nothing like we expected it to be. Yes, definitely. Um, And I think that really opened up my eyes to how grateful I am for Palm Beach Tan and the opportunities that I have been given there. So I... I'm really not in a huge hurry to leave. I definitely have my eyes open, um, but I think it gives me some time to be a little bit more picky than previously of what I would have done. It's also, you know this, everyone knows this, but everyone's going through it right now the same way. Like, whoever's listening to this, they probably relate to us on another level because we're all scared of the future. We're all you know, not adjusting well to this. And if you are, props to you. I'm yeah, like, big <laughs> props to you. Because I'm still over here like, oh, gosh, my mask is in the car. Like, let me go back. Like, right. the fact that that's something that we have to think about, too, now is, like, just an added stress. And, like, I don't know for you, but when we first went back to work and I had to wear the mask at work all the time, I had a full-blown anxiety attack after the first week because I couldn't breathe I felt like this contraption on my face. I just wasn't 
having it and it caused my brain to like go haywire on me and I had a full-blown anxiety attack and one of my coworkers was like do I need to call the ambulance I'm like no like just let me chill out in the back for a second but it was scary I mean it's something that we're still adjusting to and getting used to and unfortunately I don't see it going anywhere anytime soon yeah and it's super crucial to reach out and get use the resources you have in regards to your mental health I know Maryville University, for any students listening, they have free counseling, and I think they're offering telehealth right now, so you can schedule an appointment, and they will speak to you over the phone, Mm -hmm. and that's not something you should ever be afraid of. Honestly, I think everyone in the world needs a therapist. (laughs) Oh, so do I. I tell that to everybody because I am not afraid to let anyone know that I go to therapy. I love therapy. I look forward to going to therapy, and I come home every week, and I'm like, friends, family, listen up. PSA, you all need to go to therapy because it's... (laughs) life changing definitely just to have someone with an outside perspective who you know isn't your best friend isn't your family give you that advice and you know sometimes just put you in your place like let me know when I'm wrong please because sometimes I am it's hard to hear but it needs you need to hear it in order to grow and change right it's like venting to your best friend but getting professional advice Advice, like healthy advice exactly and then now you know like what you need to do to work towards a better life and a more positive outcome to what you're doing in life Mm -hmm. and yeah not only that but also you know if you're working from home if you're doing class from home take breaks go outside take a walk Open yeah. some windows, let the light in, listen to good, good music, light a candle, you know, anything that is going to put you in a good mood. I, it's kind of cheesy, but I wake up and I blast Lizzo because she I puts blast me. Kanye. Exactly, <laughs> because she puts me in the greatest mood. She gives me empowerment and I feel like I can take on my day. That's how I feel with Kanye. Like Kanye, the sound, I know he's kind of controversial right now, but he like inspires me to want to just get stuff done. And as crazy as that sounds, it works. And, you know, whether I'm in a bad mood, I feel his energy. If I'm in a good mood, I feel his energy. So Kanye's music is always something for me to go to and know that no matter what, I'm going to end up feeling better by listening to it. And I think that's also really important is finding something, whether it's a TV show, a podcast, music, whatever it is, find something that makes you happy and makes you in a better mindset especially to start your day off. Exactly. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong when thinking about how to get help because a lot of the time they're like, oh, I feel depressed. I need to, I don't want to get counseling. I don't want to get medication, but you can do, you can do that and you shouldn't be afraid to do that. And there shouldn't be any like bad stigma around that. Not only that, but you should incorporate simple things in your daily life that are going to help your mental health you know yeah and like that's one of our things like our um, director of operations at work actually we have um, manager meetings every tuesday morning and the first thing she always asks us kara what'd you do for mental health jamie what'd you do for your mental health what'd you do for self-care this week and whether it's the same thing every single week or trying something new she always wants to make sure we're taking at least one day or an hour of our day each day to just come to terms with everything and just sit and relax for a second and just clear your mind. And I really appreciate that, that they, you know, make sure that as managers we're doing okay, but also making sure our staff's doing okay and doing that same thing. Right. I think that's super important when it comes to the stigma around mental health. I think in order to break the stigma, we need to continue talking about it and flood the world with information about mental health, how to, you know, raise awareness because 
I agree. Times are changing, you know? I also think, too, like, you know, physical health is obviously important. And, you know, I really enjoy going to the gym, especially in the winter, because I do have seasonal depression as well. Hello. Um, Welcome fall. But... I enjoy going to the gym and I go, my therapist actually gave me the idea last year to go get out of my house past six o'clock. So in the summer, you know, it's still light at six o'clock, whereas the winter it's been dark for about two hours. So get out and it tricks your mind into thinking like your day is still going on, even though it's dark outside. And that really did help me also exercise and those endorphins really do work, you guys. And if you have a bad day, go run at the gym. You'll feel great. I promise. Exactly. You may not feel good while you're doing it, but afterwards you'll be like, whew. It I've really got it. does work. Yeah. I never want to work out. And I, the hardest thing for me, too, is starting. Yeah. You know, but then after you're like, oh my God, why don't I do this all the time? And there are some days that I like genuinely look forward to going to the gym. I'm like, wow, I can't wait to be done with this assignment. Wow, I can't wait to get <laughs> off work. I want to go to the gym because I just need to release that energy. Yeah. But back to what I was saying, I think physical health is so talked about because you can see it where I'm starting to think maybe mental health might be a little bit more important than physical health just because when it's not talked about, people are afraid to talk about it. And also, you really don't know what's going on in someone's mind, whereas if you can see if someone has a broken leg, you can't see what's going on in someone's mind, what their thoughts are. at home or anything but you can see if someone's on crutches obviously they're not okay and you know that but just by staring at someone you know in the classroom or at work you don't know what they're going through or anything like that so I think it is really important that we talk about it and you know just make everyone else aware that it's okay to have problems and share your problems and not be afraid to talk about them exactly I definitely agree with you Alrighty, so moving forward, um, we have some stories for you. This, these are both me and Macy's own personal experiences with me- with mental health and what we've been through and how, you know, we've kind of coped with it, overcome some of the things. Uh, I'm going to let Macy share hers first, so whenever you're ready, okay, take it away. So, I have quite the history regarding my mental health. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I have a plethora of diagnosis right now. So, I have depression, severe depression, I have anxiety, I have bipolar disorder, bipolar type 2, and then I also have binge eating disorder, and I was anorexic at one point, and it's crazy, it transforms your life, it affects your everyday life. I never thought ever that I would be depressed, because when I was younger, everyone knew me as this happy girl who always cared about others, and I still do, but I was constantly this ray of sunshine. And my sister got sick when I was around 14 years old, and she was 15. And she was... It's crazy how this both started for us at, like, 14. Yeah, exactly. And she had leukemia, and that affected me in more ways than I can even explain. And she's okay now, but that started the emotional eating, and... I was binging food just to fill this hole of sadness and I was also depressed and I just wanted to sleep all the time and I was slacking off in school but I was also anxious because I didn't know what was going to happen to her so that just started it all and throughout the years it's increased it's got worse and I didn't get start getting help until I was older probably around like 18 I started seeing a therapist and I got medicine for the first time but 
I wouldn't take my medicine. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't want to believe that what I had was real. I didn't want to actually accept the fact that I needed to get help. But I'm better now. But recently, in the beginning of the year, I was suicidal. And I had a suicide attempt. And I ended up in the hospital for a week straight. Um, and while it's horrible for me to admit that, and I hate admitting it because I hate realizing it's true, it's important to talk about it. Because before that, I would always say, God, I can't believe people commit suicide. I could never mm-hmm. do that. I could never hurt myself. And then all of a sudden, you're in that situation where you're at rock bottom. And I just remember sitting on my living room floor, sobbing. And I could not see any light. It was all darkness flooding my mind. I couldn't see any reason to live at all. It was the most horrifying feeling ever. Mm -hmm. But I called the police on myself. And I'm so happy I did. I don't know what changed my mind to... I think I... You know, I think I do have a will to live. I love life for the most part. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I'm really happy I got the help I needed. And after the hospital, I was doing great. I felt on top of the world. I was living this new healthy lifestyle. You know, and then I fell again. And it's been in and out, a constant cycle of, oh, I'm doing really well today. Like, I feel really good, energized. Mm. And the next day, I'm like, oh, my God, I want to isolate myself. I want to sleep all day. I want to eat everything. Yeah. It's constantly insane. And it's crazy how, like, one day you can have be on such a high and, like, such a good mood. And the next day, you're like, I hate my life. I don't want to get out of bed. I want to sit in a dark hole. Right. I want to hibernate like a grizzly bear. Right. And be left alone. And that's a big part of being bi- bipolar too. I never, never knew I was bipolar, but I'm not bipolar in the way that a lot of people think where you get angry really like easily. Kanye. Yeah, like Kanye. I'm bipolar in the way that I will have high highs. I will be happy, you know, doing so well. And then all of a sudden about once a month, I will have a mental breakdown b- bigger than usual. I will be sobbing in my room i will be manic i will have a panic attack Mm -hmm. just everything ever hits me and i'm just so beyond sad and then the next day i'm fine and it's concerning how fine i am because i feel like oh i can i can do this i'm good it's just so unbalanced and that's why i'm on a mood stabilizer right now which does help like i said medication does help um, yeah, don't be afraid of the medication, guys. Right. It's not, it, it just balances the chemicals in your right. brain. Right. A lot of people think, oh, I'm going to get on meds and I'm going to be numb to the world and blah, blah, blah. No, but no, 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 your no. psychiatrist is going to help find medication for you that works for you. And if you do feel uncomfortable and, like, side effects are bad and you feel numb, like, you change medication. Yeah, and you, you change keep, and you yeah. keep talking to your doctors and they'll help you. That's what they're there for. Right. I've been on so many different meds to figure out the best ones for me and I'm still on that journey. I still talk talk to my psychiatrist once a month and she asked me oh how's this working for you and if it doesn't I get new ones it's that easy so overall obviously my mental health journey has been insane really chaotic um filled with really bad moments and better ones um but today I'm happy I'm alive and I'm still doing everything I can to make sure that I'm stable for the most part even though it's really hard in this world we're in. But it's really hard in 2020 to be stable. It is very hard. And that's why you have to give yourself some credit. Think about 
everything that you're doing well. Give yourself credit for it. And also realize a lot of people are feeling the way you do and you're not alone. Yeah, not at all. And I also think, too, like, try, as far as, like, trying to make yourself stable, do things you did pre-COVID. So, like, I still go get my nails done. I still go get my hair done. I go to work. I know not everyone can, but if you have a job where you can go to work or you can stay at home, I would highly recommend going if you can because that brings some sort of normalcy and schedule back into your life, um, which will kind of bring you back away from the global pandemic that we're in. Um, It's also just scary to think, you know, like when COVID first started, I really didn't have any anxiety about it. I was like, okay, like... So it's weird how the people that have anxiety and depression thought nothing of this while the rest of the world. So, like, I guess we're seeing the rest of the world, like, through our own eyes for once as to, like, how we're constantly feeling. So it's weird to sit back and watch, like, oh, okay, like. This is happening. This This is is, real. This is how this is going right now. Right. But, yeah. Um, do you have anything else to add or no. any advice? I'd love to hear your story. Alrighty. So like Macy, mine started, got diagnosed with um, mild depression and anxiety disorder when I was 14 years old. My uncle Greg passed away. Um, me and him were super, super close. It was my dad's brother. We were best friends. He was like an uncle to me, obviously, but a best friend. He was like a brother. Um, also like a second dad because he was always around like he was always at my grandma's my dad were always doing stuff so for that to be the first person to um, pass away to me it's been nine it'll be nine years in December and I still struggle with it and I'm not even gonna lie about it I cry I miss him every day Um, and it's crazy to think that it's already been that long but that's what really triggered it for me because for the first time in my life everything that I've ever known was taken and flipped upside down and I didn't know how to act I, after he passed away, I didn't eat. I didn't want to eat anything. My parents would, like, sit down and, like, literally force me to eat, like a baby. Like, feed me food because I wanted nothing to do with it. I wasn't hungry. I was so sad. I was blaming everything that went wrong in my life on the people closest to me. So, my parents, my friends. um, I got into a lot of fights with my friends because I would just blame all my problems on them. Um, and I didn't realize like that I was doing it. I was just upset and I didn't know how to cope with it. And, um, my parents, I want to say it was like probably about March. So he died in the end of December, March of the following year. So 2012, my mom and dad sat me down and they're like, okay, like we got you this therapist. And I was like, I am not going to therapy. Those are for psycho people. Like I'm fine. They're like, no, you're not. Like, you're not fine. You're always crying. You're in your room. You say you want to die. Like, because honestly, at the time, I didn't know how to function. I didn't know what to do. And I was like, well, if one of my best friends, like, my uncle isn't here, like, then why should I be here? Like, I'd rather be dead with him. So, like, that was my mindset. And so, like, I really just didn't care. And my parents were like, you've got to go to therapy. And I remember just, like, freaking out on them. And I was so mad. When they drove me to therapy um, the next day, I didn't really want to talk. I remember it was like a few sessions in before I finally like really opened up to the idea of therapy and, you know, sharing my thoughts. So I went to therapy for about a year 
Um, I got put on Zoloft to manage my anxiety. Um, I got cleared of the depression um, state that I was in. I still obviously had anxiety. I've been on Zoloft for nine years. Um, so I quit going to therapy for a while. I was doing okay. Um, and then I quit taking my anxiety meds back in my senior year of high school because I just thought like, well, why am I putting this into my body if I don't think I need it? Cause I went on this like health kick and I was like, why am I putting things into my body? These chemicals, like, no, thank you. So I quit taking it and I didn't realize this, but anxiety can have a huge effect on your stomach and your intestinal system. So then I got diagnosed with IBS as well. Oh my gosh. It was terrible. Um, yeah, anxiety can trigger headaches, which I have migraines as well. Um, it can trigger, um, stomach and gastro issues. So I got diagnosed with that. I was, it was not, it was not cute. (laughs) I'm not going to go into details by any means. It wasn't a good time. Um, so once they realized they're like, did you quit doing anything? And once they realized I quit taking my meds, they're like, that's why. They're like, Hera, you have to take your meds. Like, your anxiety is, like, now physically making you sick. So even though I didn't think I was needing the meds anymore, like, my body was, like, physically turning sick because my anxiety was that bad. So I got back on my meds. I've been on them ever since. I will never not take them again. Um, Miserable. Don't recommend going to the ER. And I started back to therapy I want to say was it 2019 yeah April 2019 I started going back to therapy it was my second semester at Maryville and I don't know what came over me but I would sit in class and I would have just like an anxiety attack like I could not sit still I'd get super hot my heart rate I could feel like beating out of my chest I remember there was a few times in philosophy that I would, like, leave and, like, call my dad because my dad is someone who calm me down instead of, like, rile me more up. Um, so I would go and call my dad. I'd leave class. Like, I would want to throw up. It was just the weirdest thing, and I didn't realize it was because, you know, anxiety never really goes away. It'll come in, like, spurts, and that was, like, a huge spurt for me. Also, I um, realized that... Something that really triggers my anxiety is when I have a family member pass away. And that came, my, like, huge spurt of anxiety came after my grandpa passed. So, um, just, like, doing homework and everything like that. Like, I couldn't look at it. I would literally start crying if I looked at my assignments to do. I didn't want to go to class. I didn't want to participate. I didn't even want to go to work. Um, And it's scary when things you enjoy doing, like, you know, going out and seeing your friends and going to class to see your friends and going to work something you enjoy and you don't want to do it anymore and I think that's what really triggered me to start going back to therapy so I've been going ever since then I go once or twice a month now just because um my schedule is kind of hectic and COVID rules but um yeah it's been crazy I also, back in June of this year, May, end of May, beginning of June, I called the suicide hotline. I 
had some major issues go on at home, a lot of changes in my family. And again, my world was turned upside down. I had no clue what to do. I was terrified. I was mad. I was sad. I was angry. And to me, there was no way out. Like the pain that I was feeling in my chest and in my stomach, there was no way out other than wanting to die. And I just remember sitting in my car, staring at this building. Like if I go full speed ahead and crash into this concrete wall, like it'll be done. And the thought in my head was so strong. And my dad finally came up and sat with me, but I was on uh, the phone with suicide hotline for over an hour. Um, they will check on you again a couple weeks later. You say, I don't know if you've called. I've called multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> they will call and check on you a couple days later, a couple weeks later to see how you're doing. But I didn't know what to do in that moment. And I, I think deep down I obviously knew I wasn't ready to die and I wasn't ready to go or even risk being hurt that severely by crashing into this building. Um that I just panicked and called suicide hotline and you know they really did talk me down they listened to you just like your therapist would um and they you know give you some advice they talk to you just make sure they make sure you're good before they even let you off the phone like they will offer to call the cops for you um but yeah I was on the phone with them for a while and then my dad finally got there and I sat with my dad for a while um and just cried and you know my dad I'm an only child and my dad started crying so to see your dad cry I think really also shakes you oh yeah just because it's something you don't see that often and you know he was already hurting I was hurting from the situation that went on at home so then I think the thought of him losing me really like triggered him as well um into just making sure that you know he was there for me from that moment on because my parents always think I'm dramatic. I mean, I, I definitely am. So when I think I told him that I wanted to kill myself, I don't think he thought I was 100% serious when in that moment I was and I was alone. And that's what's scary to is being alone. But I think, you know, being open to with your therapist and, you know, letting them know everything. Like I told my therapist that I called. I told my therapist everything. And that's a huge part of therapy is like letting them know and being 100 and 10% transparent with them in order for you to get the help that you need moving forward from therapy. Yeah, they're not there to judge. <laughs> no, not at all. And I always think about it too. Like sometimes when I'm talking about stuff, I'm like, oh my God, my therapist probably thinks I'm psycho. And then I'm like, Kara, there's people with probably worse things going on than you. You're fine. <laughs> like it's, it's okay. They're, they've probably heard worse. So I always just try to remember or... Um, anytime a friend says anything about, you know, being depressed or one of my best friends at Mizzou actually right now is really going through it and it doesn't help that her parents really aren't the best either. And she'll text me sometimes. She's like, Kara, like I literally want to kill myself. I'm like, okay, are you being serious? Are you like saying that as a figure of speech? And, you know, I think we've all said that on a multiple occasion of like, this makes me want to kill myself. But now going through and, like, saying that to myself out loud and, like, having that thought of, like, actually wanting to kill yourself, I don't really take that as lightly anymore. So I was like, okay, so do I need to drive to Como now and get you? Or are you, like, okay? 
and then I would only, I would call her the next morning to, like, make sure she's good. But I also think just, you know, really confiding in one of your, like, best friends is also good because someone to check on you besides, like, your parents. That's another thing. Make sure you're surrounding yourself with good people. If you have friends that wouldn't help you and wouldn't care for you if you felt like that, you really need to evaluate if you want them in your life. Yeah, I agree. I also think, too... There's a lot, um, you know, I've done a lot of reflecting over the past couple of months and I have not been afraid to chop people out of my life (laughs) left and right, whether it's family, friends, whatever. It's good. I have blocked a few of my cousins on all social media. I blocked their phone number because they're so negative towards me all the time. Again, it's that only child thing. They're like, oh, you're so spoiled. You get whatever you want. And I'm like, they told me I had no problems. And I was like, you thought. Like, you literally think I have no problems. Goodbye. Delete. Blocked. (laughs) So I think that's another huge thing. Don't be afraid to just chop people out of your life. Because (laughs) whether it's family or not, like, you have to take care of yourself. And if being around that type of energy or negative vibes isn't doing it for you, then that person's got to go. When it comes to your mental health be selfish yeah that's the biggest thing I'm always I'm sure a lot of people like this I'm so concerned with other people that I don't care about myself oh same I'm always like Macy how are you doing Brittany how are you doing like is everyone doing okay (laughs) and then I sit and I'm like wait Kara you're not okay right exactly so I definitely think like what Macy said you've got to be selfish and you've got to take care of yourself right first agreed Alrighty, well, that is all that we have for today. Macy, thank you for thank you being a guest on my <laughs> podcast. Um, Maryville does have a counseling service that is free to students. The center is located in the library. Students who need to talk to a counselor immediately may call the Maryville University Counseling Center support line anytime, 24-7, to speak with a member of the Counseling Center support team at 314 314- Five two nine six six three zero, and the National Suicide Prevention Line number is also available twenty four seven with reps that will help you at one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. Bye guys. Bye.